Visit beautiful Kiyoshi Island, home of the Avatar. No, not that Avatar. No, not that one either, the other one. Take a ride on the wild side with our famous elephant koi. Perhaps you'll find something even more sinister in the waters below. You may even find love. Everyone else here seems to. So book your next trip for Kiyoshi Island, located somewhere near water. Hello, everybody. At last, it is time to discuss episode four of Avatar, The Last Airbender. Nick Montagani, I'm here with Brendan Riley. Brendan, what's going on? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Just watched some Avatar. Oh, Get, you did now? Getting ready to talk about it. I watched it twice, actually. Ooh, someone mm. is f- feeling the, the the bending fever. Wanted to make sure I got everything. All them jokes coming at you. Rapid fire. <laughs> We're going to cover everything this week. Before we do that, <sighs> let's see. I tried to, there's not a lot, I don't, I, you know, I don't got a lot going on. There's not a lot going on in the news. Mm-hmm. Not a lot going on in the trades. The trades, like Pokemon. Yeah, there's not a lot of big Pokemon trades for us to mm-hmm. discuss. I mean, they're happening every day, but none that are particularly noteworthy. Yeah, none that I'm a part of, at least. No, my uh, roster's secure, so I'm not looking to make any swaps. Okay, so here's a thing that I thought of. Okay. A uh, new video game just came out, I think, last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is... SpongeBob SquarePants, The Cosmic Shake? I've uh, seen that, I think, on Steam. I didn't realize it was new, because I wasn't, like, I wouldn't have been surprised if it wasn't new. I haven't looked into this too much, but I'm pretty sure it only exists because that team just made that Bikini Bottom, Battle for Bikini Bottom remake thing. Yep, rehydrated. Yes, uh, like a year or two ago, whenever that was. I think it was a couple years ago. I don't even know. Okay. Recent, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But they had the engine for that. And with that, I think they said, hey, this sold like gangbusters. Let's just make a new SpongeBob game. Um, I wonder how that's working out for them. Because I think the reason the other one sold so well is because of what it was. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, SpongeBob is infinitely marketable. I mean, here we are 20 plus years later. Yeah. Um, but the only reason, yeah, I mean, the only reason I played that bikini bottom rehydrated thing was because I knew it was a remake of like a classic game from mm-hmm. my childhood. Yeah. And people love it. People speed run it. Right. But if you've got the engine and you've got the time, 
and you've got the money, which they definitely had because they mm-hmm. sold a ton of copies of that game. Oh, yeah. They uh, leaned in the direction of, yeah, let's let's make another one of these, which is interesting. I'll be curious to see if people actually enjoy this game. I, I don't have I've, – I've not looked at any reviews of that so no, far. I but either. if it if it's – if it seems serviceable, I might give it a shot because you know, you know me, I can always go for go for a good old simple three D platform. Yeah, yep. I was hoping uh, along the same lines that after the Spyro remakes, Toys for Bob would do a a spot another like a Spyro four proper, sure, rather than the fourth Spyro we actually got. I'm surprised that hasn't happened. Maybe it's a licensing thing. I don't know. They they did it Could for uh, Crash though, and Crash worked out really well. Crash 4 is really good. People do seem to love that game. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It's a completionist nightmare, but I thought it was really good. (laughs) Well, a nightmare that every Crash player has to live through Mm because people love those games for the completionist aspect. I I put probably over 100 hours into it and came pretty close, but eventually I burned out and gave up. Good God, that's so much time to not be able to fulfill that quest. It's it's so hard. (laughs) It's so difficult. I played like 15 minutes of that because I think it was on like a PlayStation Plus or something like that. Mm-hmm. Seems fine, but I have no nostalgia for Crash. Oh, so. I don't really either, but something about this one just like worked for me. It clicked. Sure. But I was never a big fan. I didn't even play like the the trilogy remake. No, no, I didn't either because that I do remember playing Crash a little bit back in the day and didn't care for those games at all. So if it's just basically the same thing is, but yeah. looks nicer, I'm just not going to have a good time. Yeah, no, it is. Um, <laughs> I had the first one on PlayStation 1, and then I went and I did play that on the remake. A friend of mine had it. So I did try the first one again, and I was like, nope, this is still too hard, and I'm not having fun. <laughs> the most time, most fun I've ever had playing those Crash games is in Uncharted 4? Oh, yeah, that's right. You can do that. Yep. <laughs> Spoil- spoilers, question mark. I don't know. That game's like six years old. I think old. that's the opening, isn't it? Yeah, it's right at the beginning <laughs> of the game, and everybody already knows about that, so it doesn't even matter. Uh, yeah, SpongeBob, the Cosmic Shake. So I guess, I don't know. Here's a little qu- question for you, Brendan. Mm-hmm. Take a uh, classic cartoon from our childhood, and let's make a new video game out of it. Hmm. I've already got an answer. All right, go. Courage the Cowardly Dog. Okay. I mean, show your much more. Yeah, I mean, already <laughs> you're you're going to buy this no matter what the next words I say are going to be. Uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog, but make a Luigi's Mansion out of it. That that might actually work. That could be all right. It's already basically that. Yeah, yeah, that could be all right. Just walks into a room and his teeth are chattering when Muriel? he opens up the door. Yeah, just yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, you're going around room to room looking for Eustace. (laughs) No, Eustace is the ghost. He just pops out of places and spooks you. Yeah, just scares you. Yeah, boogada boogada boogada. (laughs) And then you suck him up with a vacuum. You literally could even you could. There is a vacuum episode in the show that they could just wholesale because, like, I think it shrinks courage when he gets sucked up by it. Okay, that's very good. Yeah. It's a great episode. The Dilvac Salesman. That's also a thing on Rocco's Modern Life is there's a famous vacuum episode where the vacuum like takes over the world. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like a mail order vacuum and then it is like sentient and (laughs) sucks up his entire house and then 
the rest of the world with it. Oh. Evil vacuum, scary vacuums, classic cartoon mm-hmm. trope, I guess. But that's my pitch. You, Yeah, you could just do... You could just take Luigi's Mansion and stick Courage in as the main character and you'd be yeah. fine. Uh, well, while we're just wholesale ripping off games, I would like to see Invader Zim uh, destroy all humans. Now, this is also a very good idea. Yeah, I think that could work really well. Because then it's just oh. destroy all humans, but instead of like a 1950s America, you're just running around the the fictional mm-hmm. city from the show, meaning all those stupid characters. It was set up to be this way the entire time. Yeah, there's no way that... Uh, this this game shouldn't happen. This game, it might have already happened. I'll bet you if we look back at like 2003 <laughs> GameCube license games, there this might exist. The guy who does the voice of Zim is in Destroy All Humans. I, it's just For yeah, what match it's worth. made in heaven. He's the uh, the alien like master, not the character you play, but like the one he answers to. Great idea. I've never actually played Destroy All Humans. Uh, I liked them at the time. I played the first remake. I think there's a second one now. Um, but I didn't play that one and I, th- I didn't think it held up really, mm. but I think it's just the style of game. It's like nothing to do with the remake itself. It's just like, it feels like an old game. We've kind of moved past what they're doing. Yeah. Um, I bet if I got further and I got all the upgrades, I would have had a lot more fun. But at the beginning, it's like, this is a slog and I'm a little over it. It's on uh, game pass and I have downloaded it and it's sitting in my library and I look at it. Every time I turn on my Xbox and I say, someday, someday you'll be mine. <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to it at some point. Yeah. If, if if Invader Zim was in that game, that would be a much bigger draw for me, I think. I think that mm-hmm. would be enough to get me to finally cross that line and, and get into it. I would like that. That would be fun. Uh, there's so many options, you know, so many great shows that probably, yeah, again, probably did have licensed games back in the day mm-hmm. on like the GBA or something that is is somebody's favorite game of all time. Oh, yeah. But we've never even heard of them. Yep. I used to have a Dexter game for the Game Boy. That was really difficult. Dexter's like a labyrinth or something. I don't remember exactly, but you had to like carry batteries around and I, I could never figure it out as a kid. It was too much. Well, Dexter's Labyrinth is already like a perfect title for mm-hmm. a video game. Yeah. Um, My famous example that I think I've brought up on the show before is my cat dog quest for the golden hydrant thing, which had multiple levels. I think one of them you're like on skis, you got (laughs) to avoid maybe the greasers or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's got to be easy to emulate somewhere. And I'm uh, sure probably on PlayStation 2, right? There's a pretty good PlayStation 2 emulator nowadays. Well, I did play it on PC. Oh, well, even better. Makes that even easier, yeah. yeah. There was a pretty good rocket power game. Or at Ooh. least I remember it being good. I was, what, elementary school it must have been. <laughs> so it could have been terrible. It could have been fucking it. garbage. I have it, actually. I have a physical copy of it in my <laughs> my PlayStation 2 portfolio. <laughs> you got one of those things? The, yeah, one of those the black binder. portfolios, yeah. Hell yep, yeah. Yep. Everybody had one of those. Puts all your games in one easy-to-steal location. <laughs> Yeah, good to go. <laughs> Everything you could ever need in one swipe. Uh, rocket power just seems ripe for video mm-hmm. games, though. I mean, that's that's a match made in heaven right there. Yeah, I remember it being a lot of fun. I don't, obviously, I don't know if it holds up. 
perhaps we'll have to fire that up someday for like a Twitch stream and yeah, see if see if it holds up. Uh, odds point to no. Probably doesn't. Nope. But we can find out. I've got all the equipment. We'll find out someday, just like we'll find out how much we enjoy episode four of Avatar The Last Airbender once we start the recap right now. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Episode four of Avatar The Last Airbender titled The Warriors of Kiyoshi. Mm-hmm. Who are these manly warriors with their big, beefy man arms? I don't know. Perhaps this episode will give us the answers we're seeking. Maybe. Unlikely. Only a gentleman could be a strong <laughs> warrior. If you're a narrow-minded fool like Sokka, we'll get into it. Uh, yes, the Warriors of Kyoshi, March 4th, 2005. Previously on Avatar, Aang is the last airbender, confirmed. Mm-hmm. Went home, Fire Nation genocide of all of his people. Pretty brutal stuff. Yep. Uh, Zuko, meanwhile, got into a scuffle with one Commander Zhao. Mm -hmm. And we also learned a little bit about the Avatar cycle, kind of how that works. And we're briefly introduced to Avatar Roku, yep. who was the previous Avatar before Aang. That sounds right. We're all caught up and ready to go. In this episode, I know everything I need to know. The previous avatars is an interesting thing. I I looked into this a little bit, Brendan, because mm -hmm. we had questions about this. Okay, regarding like how long it's been going on. That's exactly it. Yep. Uh, basically, the question is how many avatars have there truly been? Because when we're standing in that southern air temple sanctuary looking at the statues of avatars. Every statue in that room is one of the previous avatars. And if they all live to be X years old, we're looking at potentially thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years. Mm -hmm. So I did a little Googling, seeing what people had to say. It's, there's The problem is, is there's no official answer. Right. Of course not. Viacom's not going to do us a solid here. No. Their lore is... Locked down tight. <laughs> At no point some, uh, does anybody go like, oh, Aang, you're the 10,000th avatar. Here's <laughs> you're your the giant novelty check. <laughs> you're the 500,000th avatar. <laughs> Congratulations. And balloons fall from the sky in the sanctuary. <laughs> I just want to thank everyone. I never thought I'd get to this point. <laughs> uh, no, that doesn't happen. But I'll tell you what does happen is it is confirmed that... Uh, during Korra, uh, somebody mentions that it has been 10,000 years since the events of the first Avatar. Okay, yep. So Korra is the Avatar 10,000 years after the first one. There's been an Avatar for 10,000 years. Okay. And so, like, people are estimating, and then people started estimating, well, how many statues do we think are in this air temple? And I saw somewhere in the realm of like, I can't remember exactly. It's been a little bit since I've looked at this, but like a hundred, somewhere between probably like 120 to like 170 statues in there. Okay. Which seems low. That does seem me. low. Yeah. Cause it would be, that would only be, oh no, you know what? That actually seems about right. 
Because if, if we assume each one of them lives, I'm sure you're about to go into this, but if we assume each one of them lives about 100 years, every 10 would be 1,000 years, so 100 would be 10,000 years. Right. But then when you start getting into like 150 territory, then mm. it's like less than 100 years. And I saw some math about people saying like, well, if you assume that they all live to be an average lifespan of 55 years, and I'm like, well, 55 years doesn't seem like enough. Yeah. On average, well, but then on average, that would mean some of them barely make it at all. And at least all the statues appear to be adults. They do all appear to be adults. And you have to figure that, like, the Avatar is not invincible. Like, an Avatar right. can die in battle. Or just get, like, killed in its sleep or something. Like, Right. Um, there are canonical. I know for a fact that, like, there is an Avatar that died, like, at 30 or mm -hmm. something, too. So, yeah, I mean... The I, the outcomes can vary wildly. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I brought this up without really having like a clear answer to give you, Brendan. But there is like math and uh, theorizing going on on the Internet. If I'm you glad. want to look into <laughs> I'm it. I'm glad. No, I think that checks out uh, about 100 to 150. That seems like it could be about right. The clearest, most like steadfast, like I can give you a data point and there is no refuting it is that from the time that Korra is the Avatar, there has been an Avatar for 10,000 years. And I think that was really the question I was looking for, or I was asking at the time, is like, how long has sure. this been going on? So 10,000 years is a is a solid answer. Uh, and that still holds up my point to how have they not advanced their technology in 10,000 years? <laughs> what are we doing here? What we is don't happening? Have, like, <laughs> let's make a little bit of progress. And then between the time... Aang dies and, and Korra becomes the Avatar. It, like, rockets forward. They got cars did, and shit. What did Aang do in his adult <laughs> lifetime to, like, speed up the tech industry? And they also really invented invest? a bunch of new kinds of bending in the course of 100 years. Yeah, I know. It's, it's just the timelines. The timelines we're going to have questions about, and I'm not sure we're ever going to get answers on, but the... Uh, People are talking about it on the internet, so well, good. we're talking about it here. And we're, yeah, uh, and at this point, I think I'm just going to have to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> just it, forget it ever even happened. It is what it is, I guess is the answer. We're not meant to know all answers. <laughs> the universe is a mysterious place, Brad, don't you know? Stop asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> just, just go along with it. It's going to be fine. <laughs> here we go. The Warriors of Kiyoshi. Zuko is meditating in his cabin. It's kind of fun because there's some lit candles in front of him that grow and shrink as he breathes in and out. I did like that, yeah. Fun little game that he's playing. Yeah. Keep keep the candles going. Uh, Iroh enters the room cautiously and tells Zuko that he has bad news. And Zuko's like, Uncle, I'm a chill dude. I've been through this before. Like, whatever you've got to say to me, I can totally handle it. It's mm -hmm. going to be fine. Can't you see how meditative I am? Look at me. These candles are going up and down, and I'm not <laughs> even breaking a sweat. So lay it on me, my man. Iroh tells Zuko, uh, oh, well, okay, good. I'm glad you feel this way. We have no idea where the Avatar is. And Zuko, as it turns out, cannot handle this news. <laughs> nope. It's like, shit. You couldn't have told me anything else. You could have told me dinner was ready. That would have been way better. <laughs> 
They take a look at a map with a zigzagging dotted line on it, and Zuko says that the Avatar must be a a master of evasive maneuvering. Mm -hmm. To which point, it fades to Sokka holding the same exact map, and Aang is not strategically avoiding the Fire Nation. He's just straight up lost. (laughs) Yep. Has no idea where he's going. I think he says like, oh, well, I know we're going somewhere near water and they're flying over an yeah, ocean. The camera zooms out and they're over the ocean. <laughs> Good point, Aang. I think we're almost there. <laughs> I think Sokka says that. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, maybe not like the master strategist that <laughs> Zuko has made him out to be. He's just a confused child. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aang looks over at Katara and some... Romantic music starts playing. Yep. <laughs> Aang's a big old horn dog this episode. <laughs> he's got, yeah, you know, he's got some options at least. <laughs> um, she's sewing uh, and not paying attention to Aang, and Aang pulls out some marbles and tells her to check out this cool marble trick that he's figured out. Yep. You gotta be a fan of the marble trick. I do kind of like the marble trick. I, if I could do that, I would do it all the time. I would do it constantly, even... Uh, at the point where it annoys people because they've seen it so many <laughs> we're, times, we're like, tired of like it. happens in this episode. <laughs> um, spins them around between his hands. Some circus music starts playing. It's very silly. Uh, Katara does not look up and she's like, yeah, that's great. Awesome. Cool. Mm-hmm. Nice job. He calls her out like you're not even looking. She looks over and enthusiastically says, that's great. But he says, I'm not even doing it anymore. Oh, <laughs> poor guy. I mean, Brennan, we we both have young nieces. How many times have you done this exact same thing? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Your niece has been like, hey, Uncle Brendan, check this out. Oh, yeah, that's great. I'm not even doing it. <laughs> uh, they're not really old enough to do that yet. Pretty soon. One of them is starting to do it. You'll get there. You'll get there. Oh, yeah. My niece, I got her the Mario Kart Hot Wheels set oh, yep, for yep. Christmas. Which has been a big hit, and it's honestly a huge uncle win for me. Uh, but sit, like playing with that on Christmas, it was like, look, look, look how they're, look how fast they're going, or like look at the who won the race. And I'm like, I've already watched thirty races to this point, so I'm not even hardly paying attention. Like, yeah, no, yeah, cool, super, awesome, awesome. Luigi <laughs> wins again. Luigi was doing well. It was mostly King Boo, actually, who was winning most really? of the races the that weight. day. It's the weight difference. I'm thinking so. I'm thinking so. Higher, higher top speed. <laughs> That's just, it's just like the real Mario Kart, baby. <laughs> um, Sokka immediately proves that he has not learned a lesson that he probably should have by now mm-hmm. and tells Aang that he needs to give girls space when they're sewing. Mm-hmm. Katara questions what he's trying to say and Sokka's like yeah well you know girls are better at sewing and guys are better at hunting and fighting and chugging beers and everything else (laughs) you know guy stuff making love we're just (laughs) doing what guys do you know Saturdays for the boys Uh, Katara gets mad at this and throws his torn pants in his face Sokka panics but ang says where we're going you don't need any pants yep is that a, a back to the future reference that is exactly what they say in that movie yeah <laughs> yeah uh they arrive at a big mountainous island with a large bay 
And Sokka and Katara don't want to stop, but Aang says that Appa is tired and nudges him, and Appa lets out a big fake yawn, which nobody buys. Mm-hmm. But Sokka, again, on with the magical stuff, he says, oh, well, I mean, I don't buy it, but it's hard to argue with a 10-ton magical monster. Mm-hmm. Fair, fair point. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go against anything Appa has to say. No, that thing is terrifying. It's terrifying, but also your only means of conveyance. So mm-hmm. don't go against him. <laughs> don't piss it off. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we're stranded on this island. Might decide to do a spin in the air at some point. That's right. Yeah, barrel roll and send <laughs> everyone flying. Aang will be fine, but the two of you, I'm not so sure. Um, Aang points out to the water and a huge fish leaps up into the air this is why they are here. Aang wants to ride the elephant koi, mm-hmm. which is one of those animals that was mentioned at the end of episode two. Yeah, which makes me wonder why he was he had to lie about why they were there. Couldn't he just be like, this is where the kois are? I we told talked you about we were this. doing this. Next week is the hopping llamas. <laughs> Between but episodes. But for now. Yeah. <laughs> This was on the itinerary. I guess you didn't really read the uh, <laughs> schedule that I'd set for all of us. Um, Ang strips down to his little red skivvies and leaps up into the water and then does a weird anime reaction to how cold the water is. Yep. This whole scene, Brendan, I'm sure you have found, just as I have, that this is the most anime this whole episode is probably the most anime that we've gotten so yes, far. Absolutely. Uh especially the end of this sequence, which we will oh, get yeah. to. Coming up soon, but I knew that you would either love it or hate it. I don't know. Time will tell. Uh Aang swims out and dives down and emerges from below the water, windsurfing on the back of one of these big fucking fish. Mm-hmm. It's metal as hell. He's riding on the back of this it, giant fill. Yeah, it does look really fun. Yeah, it's it's radical. I can understand why he wanted to stop. Katara digs it, too. She's impressed. Mm-hmm. And say what you want about Aang's maturity, but this kid clearly knows how to have a good time. Oh, yeah. If only Sokka could get on board with this. He's not impressed, though. Katara gets distracted uh, by Appa and runs away, and Aang looks back at her with a big toothy smile, but goes, oh, man, when oh, she sees, man. he sees that she's running away. Mm-hmm. Um, Sokka spies the shadow of something huge following behind the fish. Uh, one of the fish gets pulled down under the water to its watery grave. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, you know something not good is about to happen. Uh, they try to yell to Aang, but he thinks they're just cheering for him, and he kind of hams it up some more, like pumps <laughs> yeah, <he> his <laughs> fist. <laughs> Like, thank you. Yes, I know I'm doing a great job. They're into it. They like me. <laughs> Finally, I'm impressing my friends. <laughs> uh, he gets tossed off of the fish, and as he catches his breath, the dorsal fin of some, like, world-eating beast rises up behind him. Gigantic. Too big for this, like, gulf they're in. Yeah, it doesn't... I'm not even sure how this thing would fit. It's like 30 times the size of the fish that Aang was just riding on. <laughs> and this is not even the full creature that we're looking at just no. yet. Uh, and yes, Brendan, just as you alluded to earlier, we have our most anime moment of the show yet. Uh, Aang's pupils shrink. 
and his mouth opens wide as he lets out a big scream. And then like Shaggy and Scooby-Doo, his legs spin and he takes off running on the water. As he's running towards the camera, his body becomes like amorphous noodles. Yep, yep. Uh, they do a lot of blurring. Uh, did you catch the sound effects in this? Sec- like this is specific him running away. There's a lot of like squishy sound effects. Yeah, there's a lot kind of going on. It's a feast for the senses, this particular animation sequence. They leap out at me as uh, sound effects that I had heard in the Humongous Games series as a small child, which, uh, if you don't know, is Putt-Putt and Freddy Fish and all those. Sure, sure. It's all those sound effects. I was like, well, this is wild that this is happening right now. Perhaps they borrowed them from the same sound effects library. It's, it's like, yeah, it's a sound effects library from the early 90s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from, from yeah, a, a decade before the show ever existed. Somebody had it on a disc somewhere and they just pulled it out. <laughs> Nobody's going to remember these sounds. Just plug them in. Hank's got to run. Um, Yeah, this scene is very weird. If you pause certain frames... His limbs and fingers are not connected to his body like Rayman. Yeah, which is a very standard like technique for drawing. But I don't think they have the frames that you normally would have. Because normally like for a smudge frame, it would be between two like well done frames. Right. And that shows the movement. But this is just the, the smudge frames over and over. And so, Brendan, if I was going to ask you what you thought about uh, this image that I'm sharing with you now, uh, what what would you say? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Can you give maybe give a little description? Uh, his his he's got one arm towards the camera, one arm away from the camera, and a giant foot with extremely long toes right up in the camera. Uh, the arm that's folded up in front of him, his bicep is massive. And his arm itself looks like a thumb, like a single finger from yes. the elbow down. Uh, his back arm looks kind of like a, a fish character you might draw where they're like, their hand is basically a fin. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. And he's making, <laughs> I I can't describe the face he's making, but I it is the best thing. There are a couple good faces in this episode, but that's one of them for sure. This, I, I I mean, as I do, as we go along through these episodes, I try to take screen grabs that will be good to share on our social media. And I was like, well, there's got to be something worth grabbing from this Aang running away from the giant fish. <laughs> yep. And uh, more often than not, when I paused it, there was a giant picture of Aang's foot with spread eagle toes <laughs> right in front of us. So that's going to really appeal to, uh, you know, some viewers yeah. of the show. More than others. Uh, But I'm into it. Foot fetish or not, I'm liking what I'm seeing. Uh, I'll stop sharing that with you and we can move on. But uh, just remember where we've been on this journey together. Yeah. I'll never be able to forget it. (laughs) It's burned. No matter how hard I try. (laughs) I think I just had a sexual awakening. (laughs) There's not enough therapy in the world to forget that. (laughs) This is a new me, baby. (laughs) Uh, Aang runs across the water like Jesus and uh, makes it back to shore and then plows through Sokka. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sokka's had enough. He's ready to leave. But from the trees above them, they are ambushed by a group of warriors uh, who we can't really see quite just yet. Um, but they capture them and make very quick work of 
Aang and company, tying them all up and blindfolding them and throwing them to the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are brought to a village and tied to a pole, and they are being interrogated by the village's chief and by the leader of these warriors, who is known as Suki. And uh, Suki threatens to throw them back in the water with the unagi. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, Brendan, uh, the Japanese word uh, unagi is uh, freshwater eel in, yep. in Japanese. I did know that. That's a, you oh. get that for sushi. <sighs> I wish I could get more into sushi, but there's just not a lot of options around. I feel like we've talked about this before on this podcast. Yeah. There's one place kind of close to where you're at that I really like. It's expensive and like other places seem more trustworthy than others. And mm-hmm. it's tough living in <laughs> the northeast corner of this country where this is not a regular thing. <laughs> at least we're in a coastal state. This is true, yeah. I I mean, if I can't trust uh, sushi when I have a beach 20 minutes from my house, uh, could you imagine living in, like, Kansas? Yeah, I used to live in the mountains in Vermont, uh, and people would be like, let's get sushi, and I would say no. No, thank Absolutely you. Absolutely not. Uh, although, I don't want to know what the sushi's been through. It is modern day, and we do have refrigerated trucks. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you really want to get technical with it... Um, also, there's not a lot of like red lobster. I've never. Have you ever been to a red lobster before? No, I don't like seafood really, though. Uh, okay. So I'm not the target audience for a red sure. lobster. Not really, hardly any of them around here because we have that good, fresh, local stuff. But I do want to get those biscuits that everyone keeps talking about. Yeah, I hear about those. And then Beyonce seems to want to take people to Red Lobster if they do certain <laughs> favors for her. So it's got to be a great place. It must be if Beyonce's talking about it. (laughs) And then what could be wrong? Uh, Yes, they're tied up. Sokka acts all tough and they remove the blindfolds to reveal our first good look at these young female warriors. What? What? But do they fight? Do they fight torn trousers? (laughs) That's (laughs) seemingly all they're good for is. Yeah. (laughs) Sewing up the holes in in a man's pants. <laughs> Not these girls, though. They are uh, wearing green dresses covered in tactical armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, their faces are covered in white makeup with red and black painted eyes. I uh, looked into this a little bit. It is similar to a Chinese opera style or Japanese kabuki makeup, okay. which I found on a, a Tumblr called The Cultures of Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, there you go. I uh, I recognize these characters. I don't know if they're like a fan favorite or if they show up a lot, but I as soon as I saw them, I was like, I I have seen these people before. Well, they are very clearly modeled after someone who we're going to talk about in just a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but as for being a fan favorite, uh, uh yeah, Brendan, they're fan favorites. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> don't you worry about it. Uh, also, they're wielding metal war fans. That's yeah, their weapon of which choice. Is cool as hell. It is pretty radical, and the implications of what Aang could do with those bad boys oh, yeah. drives my mind wild. <laughs> I was very excited. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. We're not ready yet, though. We got to explore this a little <laughs> bit further. Who are you? Where are the men who ambushed us? There were no men. We ambushed you. Now tell us, who are you and what are you doing here? Wait a second, there's no way a bunch of girls took us down. A bunch of girls, huh? 
The Unagi's gonna eat well tonight. Us women. <laughs> Can you even imagine <laughs> such a thing? <laughs> and they all pose. They do a girl power pose. <laughs> yeah, they strike. Yeah, like a Powerpuff Girls kind of thing. <laughs> like Charlie's Angels. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You know, it's like <laughs> giving them like their respect of being like, yeah, these female warriors are tough and then reducing them down to like a Charlie's Angels, like sexualized <laughs> kind of shitty thing like that. That would be so bad if they did something like that. <laughs> no, they don't do they that. They don't do that. No, <laughs> it's very tasteful. Uh, Sokka, though, not paying them respect, the respect that they deserves. And Suki basically says, looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. <laughs> yep. Uh, Aang apologizes, though. He's the reason that they are here in the first place. The chief does not trust them and says that Kiyoshi has stayed out of the war so far. Aang recognizes Kiyoshi as the name of a previous avatar and says, I know Kiyoshi. It turns out they're actually tied to a tall statue of mm -hmm. Kiyoshi who is dressed just like the warriors, or rather we should say the warriors are dressed just like Kiyoshi. Yes. There you go. Uh, the chief laughs that off since Kiyoshi was born 400 years ago, he says. I guess I'm not really sure if I'm spoiling anything that's in the show, but uh, these are things that we even just talked about earlier, Brendan. Kiyoshi is the oldest living person ever in the Avatar universe. Oh, okay. Who lived to be 230 years old. Okay. And so she was born 400 years ago. Yes. And so would have died. 170-ish. Give that, or take. That doesn't make sense. There's math to be done. Because Roku was the next one after Aang, right? That is correct. So Roku would have lived to be 70. Well, no, would have lived to be 60-something. Okay. Ish. Because then Aang was 12 when he got for frozen for 100 years. Okay, go on, go on. No, that's it. <laughs> that's, all, <laughs> that's all the math. That works out. So so she was not the previous one, but the one before that. Yes, two two avatars ago. So are we going to continue to meet them in reverse order? And just go back one by one by <laughs> yeah. one by one by one. Uh, I don't think we're going to do too much of that. But uh, really, for now, just the only avatar. There's, there's three avatars you have to worry about. Mm -hmm. Kiyoshi, Roku, Aang. Yes. Memorize them. Don't forget. Well, I couldn't forget Roku because that's where I watch all my favorite shows. I was going to say it's your favorite streaming device of all time. <laughs> yeah. I was going to make a joke about that when I mentioned Roku. I couldn't in our think last of one. I was, I was racking my brain for a good Roku joke. <laughs> something about the Weird Al movie. Yeah, yeah, there's something there. <laughs> we'll workshop it. We'll edit it into that episode when we come up with it. Yeah, come back and yeah, touch that one up so people can really bust their guts. <laughs> uh, Aang announces himself as the Avatar, which they don't believe. And uh, they say the last Avatar was an airbender. Uh, have you seen this kid? Yeah. Well, most of them probably haven't seen an airbender. It's got the tattoos, though. They should. But do they know that those are Airbender things? Is have they Airbenders been dead long enough for people to not recognize that? I don't know. They love avatars on this island. They That's named true. their whole island after an avatar. You'd think that they would have at least some knowledge of other ones. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone treats 
Aang too normally for being a small bald boy with a blue arrow on his head. Like that doesn't stick out to people enough in this world as it (laughs) probably should. (laughs) I think it probably should. Yeah. Uh, So Kiyoshi would have been uh, an earthbender. Yes. Okay. That's correct. I thought that although given the color scheme, I think of their outfits is really where I put that together. uh, It's they're really kind of mapping it all. Yeah. It's color coded. (laughs) Although if you think about it, I mean, hey, Aang is an earthbender. He, they're all everything benders. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> Her primary class. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, Aang proves it by launching himself high above the statue, severing his ropes. So he was kind of just humoring them the whole time by being tied up to this thing. Yeah. Like Roger Rabbit. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um. Floats down gently, and uh, they're already hooked. But now he reels them in by doing his famous spinning marble trick again. Hell yeah. This image of Aang doing the marble trick is a big Avatar The Last Airbender meme, by the way. Oh, okay. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. This specific instance of him doing this is, yeah, it's it's made the rounds on the internet. Is this the part? There's some point in the episode where Sokka makes like a the Donkey Kong meme face. Like the shocked Donkey Kong? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> that could be... I do know what you're talking about. That could be any moment in the history of Avatar The there's, Last Airbender. There's a specific scene, and I wish I like wrote it down or something, in this episode where he makes that exact face. I will try to scrub through it and to get a picture for you. I would appreciate it. Our listeners would appreciate mm-hmm. it. Um, these people fucking love the marble trick. It's a great trick. In particular, there is one person... <laughs> Who is driven fucking <laughs> yes. mad by the marble trick. He has like a full-on seizure and dies. Foams at the mouth before passing out on the ground from excitement. It's one of the best jokes in Avatar history, yeah. I have to say, right up front. I was like, that's some Invader Zim shit they just did right there. Loses their fucking mind over this shit. It was very good. There's no reason this joke should exist in this show, but I'm glad that it does. His heart exploded with joy. (laughs) These marbles are what I've been waiting for. I can die in peace. He lost his marbles. Hey. (laughs) It's a joke they might make on a lesser podcast. (laughs) But not this highbrow humor that we're working with. Uh, No, that was good. You should pat yourself on the back for that one. (laughs) Um, thus begins history's most successful game of telephone ever. Mm-hmm. A little girl tells a fisherman that the avatar is on Kiyoshi. The fisherman tells a merchant. The merchant tells a customer and the customer serves the cooked fish directly to Prince Zuko himself. Yep. And Zuko says the avatar is on Kiyoshi Island. What's really funny about this scene is the first person you hear tell somebody, they say it out loud, and the rest of them, like, you just kind of see them talk, you don't hear anything, and the subtitles on Netflix say silence in brackets. <laughs> just looking at each other, they're not actually whispering yeah, it just says the word just locking eyes. I, was like, I guess I can kind of see why they would do that, like, if I couldn't hear, and there were no That's subtitles, fair. and I could see them talking, but like, why aren't there subtitles for this, what the fuck? That is fair. That would be confusing to somebody who actually but, needs subtitles for but something But in the like moment, that. I was like, really weird to subtitle that there's nothing being said. I would maybe, instead of put silence, put like inaudible whispering or something yeah. like that. 
Uh, yes, the most successful game of telephone ever. It would be funny if Zuko was like, the avatar is on Kiyoshi Island purple monkey butt poopy pants. <laughs> like most games of telephone end. Yep. But this time the message got to him successfully. He tells Iroh to ready the rhinos, which already, before you know what that is, sounds fucking cool as shit. I was trying to figure out what that meant. <laughs> ready until, the rhinos. Until they're revealed, I was like, what the fuck are the rhinos? Like, that's the name of his elite unit of firebenders <laughs> yeah. is the, the rhinos. Well, and then the ship pulls up later on, and it looks like a rhino. So I was like, is it like, is it a fleet of ships? What, what are we? What are we doing here? I know, I know. Questions to be answered as we go along, but ready the rhinos gets your blood fucking pumping. <laughs> uh, Iroh wants to eat Zuko's fish, but Zuko takes it away. This episode so far is very good. Yeah, yeah. I was, I wanted to save it, he says very indignantly. <laughs> God damn it, uncle. You always take my food. I'm rail thin because uh -huh. of you. I actually looked it up in this scene. I don't know if you ever mentioned, like, in our first episode, who voices uh, Zuko. I haven't, but I believe his name is Dante Basco. I think that's right. And he plays uh, Rufio in uh, Hook, mm. is what his IMDb says. Interesting. And I was like, he is much older than I would have expected him to be. <laughs> He is a bit of an older man. Uh, I know that from seeing him in like social media posts and stuff like that. He is also the host of. Uh, well, I, I mean, I guess I'm. I shouldn't say because I'm taking away from our own uh, territory here. But he is the co-host of a uh, Nickelodeon-sponsored Avatar: The Last Airbender right. yep. rewatch podcast. Um, when you listen to him speak, he sounds exactly like Zuko. So it's very that's great. <laughs> confusing. <laughs> <laughs> hearing Zuko praise Ang might be kind of fun. Uh, but don't go listen to that. No, no, no. Stay here. Stay here. Stay, stay tuned. Stay, stay where it's comfortable. We've got everything you need to know. Janet Varney's not out there saying fuck, okay? Yeah, yeah. You can tell him. <laughs> <laughs> say, hey, this one's better, and they called you out. I'm calling you out. <laughs> We're calling you out, Janet Varney, someone who I have respected for many years. You know what? Fuck, fuck your podcast. I'm sorry. If you wanna, if you wanna come on our show and debate me, please do. Yeah, or or have show. us on your show. You know, uh, gotta recap at gmail.com. You can hit us, hit us up. Do like a crossover episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just gotta make sure you swear a lot. My mo my mother loves it. <laughs> <laughs> do it for Brendan's mom. <laughs> Do it for my grandparents who I'm terrified if they ever listen to the show and hear some of the things I'm saying, like shit and cum bender. <laughs> my, my mom did mention to me that she's been listening to the show and I no. immediately was like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. Tell her, yeah, listen back to the Samurai Jack episodes. I don't think we ever said, I don't think we ever said the word cum in those episodes. Maybe once. Possibly, but I, uh, Nothing that comes to mind. We've said it so many times. I've even said it now twice in this I think, episode I think we've alone. said it every episode so far. And you'll never stop me from saying <laughs> what's in my heart. We're a bigger and bolder show now. <laughs> We're finally doing what we've always wanted. Uh, anyway. The townspeople clean and repaint the Kiyoshi statue uh, Aang and company are being pampered. Uh, even Appa gets a good brushing by the, by the townspeople. Mm -hmm. um, 
Aang and Katara are picking at a giant table of pastries, but Sokka is sulking in the corner. Uh, Katara knows it's because he's still sore about getting his butt kicked by a bunch of girls. Mm-hmm. And that's true. Um, it's not a lie. Very, very much the case. That is why he's upset and is an accurate description of <laughs> what happened to him. Yep. But he's not willing to accept that just yet. He says they snuck up on him and kind of starts grumbling about how he'll show them as he stands up and makes his way out of the room, but not before taking a giant handful of pastries with him. Good call. Yeah, I mean, you can't let those go to waste. Um, Throughout this scene, Momo is also trying to steal as many pastries as he can from the table, which is kind of... I don't know, like I briefly mentioned at the top of the episode, it's like one of those fun things about this show is there's always something going on, like in the edges of the action. Yeah, there's a lot lot of fun things to look for. You're focused on a conversation, but uh, like on the peripheral parts of it, yeah, there's there's details, filling in characters doing fun things. Mm Mm-hmm. And if if Momo's not good for that, then what else is Momo here to do? What is Momo good for? (laughs) Getting the marbles, I guess. Yeah, he's a marble collector. That's true. Uh, Aang loves the treatment that he's getting, but Katara tells him, you know, we can't stay here too long and doesn't want all of this to go to his head. And Aang's like, hey, baby, I'm chill. Don't even sweat it. I'm just a simple monk. This ain't shit to me. I've been through it all. (laughs) He stands up and looks out the window at a group of young girls gathered below who hoot and holler at just the mere sight of Aang. Mm -hmm. He blushes and Katara knows this is not going to go the way that she hopes it will. Yeah. And thus begins a parody of A Hard Day's Night. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Is that what we're doing here? I think so. Yeah. Kind of exactly that. This uh, gaggling group of girls chases Aang back and forth across a bridge. Uh, he, They have him surrounded, but he leaps in the air and forms a floating ball of air, which runs out of juice, and he falls into their waiting clutches below. <laughs> An artist paints Aang standing with one of these girls, but each time he lowers his canvas, there's another girl. He does this a couple times until there's like 20 girls. I kind of liked this bit because he's like muttering to himself. All right, I got to paint the avatar. Doesn't seem too hard. All right, we'll do that. Really oh, there's another one. All right, we'll just make some adjustments here. All right. Oh, there's not more of them. <laughs> the fuck is going on here? <laughs> I was like, this is kind of coming out of nowhere. A little weird, but I like it. I love this artist character. He's like the funniest character to me of the entire show that we've had to this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But he's had enough. He gets fed up and leaves. Uh, Aang does some push-ups with Momo sitting on his back. He starts doing them one-handed and then starts doing them no-handed by blowing (laughs) air down at the ground. Yep. And everyone is very impressed. These little girls love it. Uh... There's a little that reminds me more of the dudes that I hated in high school than watching someone do push-ups to impress girls. <laughs> yep. Like, does that work? I don't know. Um, on, I guess on small children, maybe. These all seem like very young <laughs> like girls. They're very young children. I had this observation as well. I mean, age is just a number, Brendan. Hey, we all know this. Prison cell's just a room. <laughs> What are boundaries, really? But if (laughs) Aang is 12, these girls are like six. Yeah, yeah. 
but the attention is all Aang needs, really. Also, it's pretty obvious he's just trying to make uh, Katara. Sure. Is that her name? Yes. Katara Chowgana. I'll get it one day without asking. I know. It's fine. It's, <laughs> it's trying to make her very, jealous. It's a very understandable mistake to make, Quinn. <laughs> it's their own fault for naming the other Avatar Korra. That was just. Yeah. It's their fault for doing that years and years later and. And an entirely and different having show. having me wait this long to watch it. Brendan never see any of it, but now here he is and he doesn't understand. And, <laughs> you know, we're going to help him along the way. Um, Sokka is still grumbling to himself as he approaches the dojo where the Kyoshi warriors are training. Uh, I'm not really sure what his thought process is here, but Mr. Smooth himself walks in through the door. Sorry, ladies. Didn't mean to interrupt your dance lesson. I was just looking for somewhere to get a little workout. Well, you're in the right place. Sorry about yesterday. I didn't know you were friends with the Avatar. It's all right. I mean, normally I'd hold a grudge, but seeing as you guys are a bunch of girls, I'll make an exception. I should hope so. A big, strong man like you, we wouldn't stand a chance. True, but don't feel bad. After all, I'm the best warrior in my village. Wow. Best warrior, huh? In your whole village. Uh, he, he walks in the door and goes, oh, sorry, ladies. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, what a dickhead. And, and they swoon over him. They go, oh, Sokka. <laughs> At least in his mind, that's what's happening here. Yep. The moment that Sokka tells her he's not going to hold a grudge against them because they're, quote, just a bunch of girls. Mm-hmm. Her attitude completely changes, and then he falls right into her trap. Oh, yeah, he does. He's also doing, like, unnecessary stretching and limbering up while she's <laughs> trying to talk to him, which yep. is just so fucking disrespectful. <laughs> he's so rude. <laughs> he's like, he's like, all right, I'm barely paying attention to this, but did you see how much I can stretch my arm? <laughs> Look at me. Look at these stretches. But you never see nothing like this. Although... There aren't, from what we saw, there aren't any girls his age in his village. This is true. So maybe he just doesn't know how to talk to girls. This is his training grounds. This mm-hmm. is, uh, yeah, finally, and so far, he's off to a terrible start. Yeah, he's doing a really bad job. He's going to need a coach in there. Get Aang in there to show him the ropes. That's right, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Aang's done nothing but impress girls in this entire episode. <laughs> um, But Sokka... She, uh, Suki forces Sokka's hand into demonstrating how big and strong he truly is. Uh, he clearly knows that he's in over his head, but there's no turning back now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he puts his hand on her shoulders and says, uh, all right, well, you stand over here, which I think is very funny because he's basically mansplaining what she should be doing and puts his hand on her shoulders and literally does not change the way that she is standing you, at all. You can see he tries to push her because she leans back a little, but she doesn't move. <laughs> yeah, she she maybe moves a little bit and then like corrects herself back into the exact <laughs> posture that she was in. Like, and then he thanks. just keeps going like he did it. Like, he- <laughs> Now you're in the right spot. Thanks for listening to my direction. Uh, he tells her to try to block him, and he winds up for a big dumbass punch that <laughs> you and me could probably block. Oh, I think so. He telegraphs it so hard. It's, sees it coming from a mile away. He throws his fist, and she swats him away with her fan. And Sokka's like, yeah, okay, cool. Nice job now, but what about this? And tries to kick her. Mm-hmm. 
she swoops under his leg and tosses him aside like trash. <laughs> Got him. And now he's fucking big mad. Oh, yeah. And attacks her for real, for real. Mm-hmm. And she grabs his arm and swings him round and round while he screams in pure terror. And then she stops him and spins him the other way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> round and round you go, do si with Sokka. <laughs> and with one hand, this is great. With one hand, she snaps off his belt and hog ties his wrist to his ankle. Mm-hmm. And he hops around like a shamed clown and then falls <laughs> on his face and the Kyoshi warriors stand over him and laugh as anime tears start to well up in his eyes. Yeah, he looks so sad. He's so embarrassed. The girls kicking his butt. Just just a bunch of girls. I think maybe they're a little bit more than Sokka had originally thought. They might be. And it was only one of them that did it. Yep, yep. The rest of them watched and laughed. <laughs> and laughed. And will remember his embarrassment for the rest of their lives. <laughs> A story to tell their grandchildren. Uh, by the way, I'm not sure if what she technically does to Sokka is a hogtie, but if you Google image search the word hogtie, it is 99% erotic images. So don't that. do it. <laughs> or do. Unless you need like a, yeah, like a good way to spend like a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> there are better ways. Uh, that's not to option. spend a Saturday afternoon, but to find those images. No, no, this is the best way I know. <laughs> Aang and the girls admire the vibrant statue of Kiyoshi. One of them says, you were pretty. Mm-hmm. Which is good. Um, he walks over to Katara, who's gathering some food. Uh, Aang can't help carry the food because he's taking the girls for a ride on Appa. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katara wants no part of that, which honestly, same. That sounds awful. Yeah, they do that all day. They Yeah, that's like their job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, yeah, watching Aang show off to all these girls. That's basically what she says to him is like, uh, I don't want to watch you do this. Uh, hard pass. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, she's preparing to leave Kyoshi Island, but Aang is like, there's something I really like about this place. I can't put my finger on it. The camera pans over the girls looming behind him. <laughs> One of them calls him Angie. Mm-hmm. Katara and I both barf at the sound <laughs> of that. Katara tells Ang that he has truly let all of this go to his head, just like he said that he wouldn't. Uh, Ang tells her that she's just jealous, which she calls ridiculous. Uh, he says, it is ridiculous, but I understand. Which is smooth. Honestly, fucking great turnaround. It's a really good way to put that back on the other person. <laughs> Reversal card. Ang <laughs> yeah. is in the wrong here, but he's done a great job. <laughs> They're basically playing like the ultimate game of I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> yep. Uh, Sokka returns to the dojo and Suki alphas him in front of the other Kyoshi warriors. Uh, but Sokka eats a little bit of humble pie for the first time in his life mm-hmm. and kneels down before her and basically begs her to teach him their ways. Uh, she gets in a few more jabs, but does agree to teach him only if he follows all of their traditions, to which point it cuts to Sokka in full Kiyoshi warrior dress and makeup. Yep. It's 
So he didn't, you know, he didn't put up a fight. No, nope. He, he tries to protest a bit, but only after he's already all in it. Yeah, it's at least nice to see him being like, yeah, I kind of I kind of deserve this. Mm hmm. Suki eases the embarrassment by kind of saying how the the silk and the gold insignia represent bravery and honor. And Sokka is like, hey, I kind of like that. This is not so bad. Yep. To which point, Aang walks by and sees Sokka through the open door and laughs out. Nice dress. <laughs> Fucking got him. <laughs> Aang makes a last-ditch effort to impress Katara. She's practicing some water bending, and he tells her, well, I'm going to go ride the Unagi. Yeah. Remember how dangerous it was? I'm doing it. I'm going to go give that a shot, and it's going to be awesome. And Katara's basically like, okay, great. Have fun. <laughs> They're both looking in the opposite direction of each other, just completely full of spite. Mm -hmm. And, uh... They go on a run of like, uh, I'm not your buddy guy is I'm basically what they're guy, doing. Friend. <laughs> they're essentially doing that to each other. Uh, Aang looks kind of guilty and leaves and Katara also looks kind of guilty. Um, cuts back to Sokka, who is training with Suki. He's going through the motions, but launches his fan out in a big doofy attack. Um, Suki basically explains that they're doing judo. And uh, Sokka picks up on that lesson and manages to toss her over and points a finger in her face and says, I got you. And then she grabs his finger and like snaps it in half and is like, OK, yeah, great. Let's go again. <laughs> yep. So a brief victory for Sokka, but mm -hmm. he's starting to figure it out. Yeah. And you can see that she's kind of impressed. They're in love now. That's what's happening. This is a new budding relationship mm -hmm. um, that will stand the test of time. Um, Aang now has to follow through on his Unagi riding showcase. Uh, he's sitting in the water, but no Unagi is coming. Uh, the girls are bored. Uh, he tries to impress them once again with a marble trick, but that's well-trodden ter territory by now, and they're yep. over it. And they leave. Uh, Katara arrives. She was worried about Aang the whole time. They both realized they were being stupid and apologized to each other. Uh, Aang starts to swim back towards the shore, but fake Jaws music starts playing as the fin of the Unagi emerges behind him. Yep. He, all he has to do, though, is he has to just run in the water again. And do the exact same thing. I'll pause it once again. We'll get those <laughs> sweet feet shots. All right. This time I see a, a foot. Uh, it's, it looks like the same image, actually. Uh, what if I show you this one? Oh, my God. But Nick. I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't mean to. That, that was my private collection. <laughs> Thank God this is not a video medium. <laughs> uh, but were you impressed? <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying no. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, yes, the Unagi emerges behind him. There's a huge swell of water beneath Aang, and a spiky eel body lifts him up to meet face-to-face -face with the Unagi, which is this gigantic sea serpent with razor-sharp teeth and, like, these whisker barbel things like a catfish has. Mm -hmm. This thing's fucking badass. Yeah, it's really cool. What I like about it is it lifts him up and then cuts to commercial. 
and then comes back, and it's a different shot of it lifting him up. It just takes a little time. Like, they animated this twice. <laughs> yeah. You know, which one is the coolest one? Well, we couldn't decide. They were both good. We should use both of them. <laughs> Unlike the Agni Kai, where they animated <laughs> one thing and then just kept doing it. Yeah, no, this one, they went all out. Well, the Unagi is uh, worth it, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, it rears back its head, and with a deafening screech, it hydro cannons Aang with a giant water blast. Yep. He barely manages to hang on and grabs onto this thing's whiskers and gets whipped around in front of the Unagi's dripping mouth. And it flings Aang off into the water, and he's knocked out cold. Uh, Katara rushes in to save him, but the Unagi charges... And she grabs a hold of Aang, and with the greatest waterbending display that she's had thus far, uh, pushes the water as hard as she can, propelling both of them backwards towards the shore. Yeah, it's pretty badass. She's, uh, yeah, we saw her practicing earlier in the episode, and this Mm -hmm. is, she's learning on the job. Yeah, she really pulled it out in the time of need. When it mattered most, she was able to perform. (laughs) We can always count on her to come through in the clutch. Um, yeah, they get knocked back onto land and hide behind some rocks as the Unagi rampages for a minute and then swims away. Uh, but we can't get a moment to catch our breath because Katara looks out over the rocks at what we think is the Unagi, but she says, Zuko, Mm -hmm. the battleship cruises into the bay and lands at the shore and the ramp folds down and Zuko and some firebenders roll out on the backs of these big three-horned lizard rhinos. Oh, yeah. Here's those rhinos that were promised, and they're as good as expected. They're actual rhinos. Kind of. With long, whippy <laughs> tails. They're, pa- they pass for rhinos, <laughs> I would say. Uh, this is a great episode for animals, by the way. New yeah. animals. Yeah. I think the elephant kois were the least interesting, but only because they were just giant koi fish. They were just really, really big, regular fish, which Mm -hmm. is cool. It is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think like an elephant koi, it's got to have like a trunk. Big stupid koi fish trunk. Yeah. Flopping around as it jumps out of the water. (laughs) If you're going to use the word, yeah, you might as well pay it off. (laughs) The, uh, they pass... Katara's hiding spot and Aang won't wake up. She runs her hand over his chest and bends a stream of water out of him. Yep. Which, like, she's lucky she didn't pull out, like, a fucking lung or, like, all of his (laughs) blood or something. She just inverts his esophagus. His entire, yeah, all of his organs come pouring out of his mouth at once. (laughs) Oh, God, oh, no, she tries to stuff them back <laughs> in. Push them back. I can't bend them back in. They only go out one way. <laughs> There's no unflipping this switch. <laughs> um, He wakes up. He coughs out. Don't ride the Unagi. Not fun. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> Sokka and Suki are still training. And it does seem like they've come to some sort of mutual respect or some sort of mutual uh, adoration, Mm -hmm. as you were alluding to earlier, Brendan. Oh, yeah. Uh, They fucking. Uh, The chief (laughs) arrives 
and says, the firebenders are here and says, girls, come quickly. Sokka's like, God damn it, and runs after them. Mm-hmm. Um, Zuko and his cool ass rhinos are standing at the end of Main Street as the villagers hide in their homes like a Wild West showdown. Yep. And in the shadows between the buildings, a fan blade unfurls. And the Kyoshi warriors protect their home. They're fucking up the Fire Nation soldiers. And Suki Naruto runs straight at Zuko and leaps into the air to attack. But his rhino whips her away with its big, cool ass lizard tail. Yeah. And Sokka steps in to defend his woman. And another warrior jumps in and knocks Zuko off of his rhino. They encircle Zuko, but he blasts them away with another sweet-ass, fiery, breakdancing move. Yeah, I love that. Seems like maybe 70% of firebending is just breakdancing. That's all right, actually. I think it's totally fine I by me. I think that's cool as hell. <laughs> if that's the way it's going to be, I'm going to continue liking it. Three out of the four forms are martial arts, and the fourth is just breakdancing. <laughs> just every time... Uh, he has to cast a new fire bending move. Uh, he busts out like a little piece of cardboard and puts mm-hmm. it on the ground. And what then about does the move? What about a uh, an avatar game that's set like a Yakuza game? Okay, because Yakuza has the breakdancing fighting. This is true. So just imagine doing what Majima does, but. Mm-hmm. Little flames sticking out of his feet, which as he sounds does it. which sounds like it would work for just Majima as well. And honestly, that might already happen. That <laughs> yeah. might already be a thing. <laughs> you know what? It's, I don't think we've described a, a Avatar game based on Yakuza. I think we've just we described, just described Yakuza. Yakuza with an Avatar skin mod. <laughs> oh, that's got to exist. And if oh, it I'm doesn't, sure of it. I will look after this recording. If it doesn't, I'm making it tonight. <laughs> Uh, oh man, if, yeah, if there's any way to make those games better, it's the elements. It's bending. (laughs) That's the next logical step. (laughs) Um, yeah, Zuko blasts them away and he shouts, nice try, Avatar, but these little girls can't save you. So he's kind of got like his own stuff that he's Mm got to work out Mm -hmm. too. Which is fun because then then it just goes back to like, it's a reflection, you know, because then they can show Mm -hmm. again. But now Sokka's on their side so he can see like, and he feels it even. He's like, they're not just little girls. (laughs) Listen here, asshole. How dare you (laughs) say that to them? (laughs) These little girls are little warriors and i'm in love with one of them you bitch and hits him with his boomerang check your biases uh sokka is an ally now for sure um ang arrives and zuko unleashes a barrage of flame balls at him uh ang's staff gets knocked away but he picks up a couple of those fans and finally He's doing what we want. I was so excited. <laughs> it's like, fuck, yeah, here we go. Imagine all the crazy shit he's about to do with these fans. And, I mean, he does wind up a huge airbending blast that sends Zuko hurtling into a building, which is cool. It is cool. And then he drops the fans. <laughs> and then he just drops the fucking fans. And, that's and the I end was of it. so disappointed. 
no, Aang, this seems somehow more effective than your staff. Just use the fans from now on. Or at least keep them, fold them up, put them in your belt. <laughs> They've got spares. Ask them if you can take a couple fans for the road. Totally blue-balled on the fans and their potential. Chekhov's fans. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a disappointment, but the one movie does is good. It knocks Zuko out. Um, Aang throws out his glider and frowns as he soars over the village and sees the destruction that he has brought to this place. Mm -hmm. Everything's on fucking fire. (laughs) Yep. Including the statue of, uh, Kiyosu? Kiyoshi. Kiyoshi. Ah, that was close. Uh, yeah, the Kiyoshi statue's on fire, even after they painted it up all nice for him. Mm-hmm. This is why we can't have nice things. Yep, can't bring him anywhere. I <laughs> know, <laughs> this fucking guy. Uh, yeah, just like Katara said, it was not safe for them to be here as long as they were. Um, he lands near Katara and admits that he's fucked up, and she says that they gotta bug out. Um, yep. The fight continues in the streets, but we get our last... Sokka and Suki interaction as they're hiding behind a building. Mm-hmm. Um, he apologizes to her and says that he was treating her like a girl, but should have treated her like a warrior. Which is kind of a stupid, dumbass thing to say. <laughs> like, you can tell he's trying, but like, he's clearly not learned the lesson that he was supposed to learn from this. It's like the meme that you see on Twitter where somebody says something and somebody quote tweets that and they're like, he's so close to getting it. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's almost there, but he just just barely missed the point. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, he's you gotta you gotta appreciate that he's trying and Suki <laughs> seems smitten by it anyway. She's like, thank you, Sokka. I mean, I guess <laughs> I see what you're trying to say and I appreciate the sentiment. <laughs> There's not a lot of other guys on this island, so, like, you're all I've got to, and I gotta take the good with the bad here. Um, yeah, he says that, and she, or she says, I am a warrior, and then gives him a kiss on the cheek and says, but I'm a girl, too. So, whatever. I don't know. (laughs) Fuck it. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) His cheeks blush bright red beneath his white makeup. Through the makeup, yeah. (laughs) Very good. Um, She runs back to battle and Sokka runs to Aang and Katara already on Appa's back and they yip yip away. Uh, Zuko sees them flying away and orders his men back to the ship and Katara tries to console Aang, but he still feels responsible for this destruction and without a word... He leaps off of Appa's back and pencil dives into the water below. Mm -hmm. And then he bursts up from the water, standing on the Unagi's head, holding it by the whiskers. He has truly conquered this beast again. He's on his world tour of (laughs) taking down every animal. (laughs) It will be done. The Unagi is next on his list. (laughs) It struggles against him, but Aang conquers the beast and then ratatouilles it to his will. (laughs) Unleashing a huge water blast, which Aang directs towards the village, putting out all of the fires. We also get a fun little moment of Zuko and his team sharing one rhino and soaking wet from this water blast. It's Mm -hmm. very good. Yeah. 
I w- although when he when he starts to do the water blast, so w- when he does it, he like aims it up and it like comes down as rain and puts it on the fire. But when he starts to do it, I'm like, he's gonna destroy the village with that water blast. <laughs> it's too, it's just too strong. He's gonna like power wash the village right off the island. Yeah, this this <laughs> this will help. Oh no, these buildings were already made of shit wood and then burnt, and, and then your yeah. hydro pump is going to yeah wash us off this fucking cliff. It's good. We're good. Thanks, dog. <laughs> Maybe next time you um, want to help, just don't. I know. Why did you ever come here, you <laughs> fucking avatar? This is everything we were afraid of. <laughs> we were good with just remembering Kiyoshi. We didn't need you here to fuck up everything. <laughs> In a day. One day. <laughs> uh, Aang is nothing but a harbinger of destruction. Um <laughs> From the distance, the village chief smiles and says, Thank you, Avatar. And Aang launches himself up in the air, and Appa catches him with his six legs, the first instance of Appa using, like, his middle legs. Yep. Off they go. Aang knows that he was dangerous, and Katara teases him for a moment, and then throws her arms around him, and he has a big smile on his face. Aw. And then... Sokka says, hey, everybody, we're all going to get laid. And then the credits roll. (laughs) Wow, what a pull. (laughs) You think our audience is going to know what you're talking about? (laughs) Absolutely not, but I'm glad you did. And that's the end of the episode. (laughs) No respect at all. Yep, 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 yep. Episode four, The Warriors of Kiyoshi. Brendan, what did you think? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Um, Yeah. That's kind of I don't I don't have like deep thoughts on it. I thought it was fun. I liked uh, that we're meeting new tribes now, whereas like the last few episodes, the first few episodes, uh, were mostly just setting up like the main characters. Now to have them interacting uh, with like other people in the world is kind of nice. Um, the, having the Fire Nation immediately show up wherever Ang is, it seems like it's going to become a common thing. And I'm kind of looking forward to that. Just no matter, yeah, at, at all times, somebody could just whip around 180 degrees and go, Zuko, and then it's on. <laughs> yeah, he just appears when he needs to. <laughs> he must have already been nearby. Oh, yeah. They got there very fast. The the We only saw the uh, the word spread between three people. This is true. They could have all been within. He could. He might have been on like the other end of Kiyoshi Island. Mm-hmm. And when the avatars on Kiyoshi Island, fuck. So am I. Oh, let's shit. go. Where Where are we right now? <laughs> Kiyoshi <laughs> Island. Somebody get me a map. Get me that map that my <laughs> uncle was showing me. <laughs> he, he fucking drew all over it. <laughs> he, he drew like a little sun with sunglasses on it, and it's smiling. <laughs> I can't read this anymore. Uncle, is this a sea monster? Did we see a sea monster? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did, nephew. That's the unagi. <laughs> Don't ride the unagi. Not fun. Not fun. <laughs> uh, this episode is fun. It's yeah, it, it is fun. We're starting like our globe trotting tour with Aang mm-hmm. and Sokka and Katara, and uh, this is a good one. They get up to some good hijinks here. Uh, Aang like gets to be like a. Dumb child who makes dumb decisions, which you have to remember he is a child. So, like, yes, these are things yeah. he's going to do. 
I think him starting to hit on uh, Katara here was a little out of nowhere for me. Uh, it's not like uh, you can't see it coming. It's not like it would never happen, but it just kind of was very sudden. Like at the beginning of the episode, suddenly he's trying to impress her all the time. It's like the writers of the show are like, hey, we're going to do this. So here it is. Now's the time. <laughs> Let's get started. Uh, which is fine. You know, it just was like, that's that's how we open the episode. And it's like, oh, we're, we're doing it. We're jumping right into it now. He's <laughs> had his sad moment in the last episode. Time for him to try to get laid. <laughs> But now my man's horny on Maine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's just you. I don't need to worry about spoiling anything when it's saying like, yeah, Aang's got the hots for Katara. Everybody mm-hmm. knows. Everybody knows. Yes. Yeah. Aang's, uh, uh, Aang's game uh, is one of like the things I know about the show. There's constant memes about him hitting on people. Oh. It paid off in spades for him in this week. He had a whole gaggle of girls at his beck and call. Uh, It's fun. This episode, there's lots of, yeah, good goofs. Him getting chased by everyone. Sokka's storyline is pretty good in this episode. He kind of gets his comeuppance, but then earns, like, the respect of the girls that he himself was putting down. Mm -hmm. So, um, but everyone, everyone kind of gets good fun moments in this episode. Katara doesn't, I feel like maybe Katara gets the least of any of the three in this yeah. episode. Cause her kind of thing is just, yeah. Aang purposely trying to drive her insane, which he does successfully do. Oh yeah. Everyone was good in this episode. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not a whole lot to say. It's, it's kind of like a fun part of like, yeah, we're moving into the meat and potatoes. What this show kind of is. Yeah. No, I had a good time with it. I liked it. Um, I'm I'm interested to see more stuff like it. Uh, I liked that it wasn't as like lore heavy. We just got like, here's a problem that they have to solve. Let's do it. The biggest lore thing that we got is we got to know who Kiyoshi is. Mm-hmm. And we reestablished or like solidified that Aang already knows them all because he was them. So like as they come up, he will know who they are. He's got that encyclopedic knowledge mm-hmm. in that little bald head of his, even if he doesn't <laughs> know that he already does have all that knowledge. It's a, yeah. it's a mystical thing. Mm-hmm. Magic. We don't got to explain shit. No, no. Just ask Sokka about it. He knows it's magic, and he still probably thinks that none of this is really happening to him. <laughs> He'll figure it out one of these days. Uh, okay. Well, it's a pretty good episode. We're enjoying it. We're having a good time. That was episode four of mm-hmm. Avatar The Last Airbender, The Warriors of Kiyoshi. Pretty good. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. It's up there. Top four favorite episodes. Oh, we're going to start doing this thing again, huh? We're going to do it. We're going to do it for the next 60-something episodes. <laughs> oh, it's a top 43 episode, I would <laughs> it's in say. My, it's in my top 64 episodes of <laughs> Avatar The Last Airbender. Man, I really hope you forget about that. It, like, even next week, if you stop doing that, it would make me very happy. Uh, we'll see. Uh, what we certainly can't forget about, though, Brendan, is when we get a sweet-ass email from one of our sweet-ass listeners, and we get to hear that sweet-ass oh, email song. Oh, shit. I didn't think of an email song. Here's my attempt at an email song. Sounds like an army chant. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I've been told. I don't know, but here's emails. Email song gets kind of old. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'll come up with one eventually. We got a while to work it out. 
<laughs> We've had this long to work it out, and we haven't really come up with anything good. But it's I don't not know really if I've my ever hands. done the same email song twice. So this is fine. <laughs> it's like a snowflake. Yeah, yeah. Every episode has its own. That's why the listeners tune in. <laughs> listeners such as the one who emailed us, such as Nate, who emailed us. Uh, Nate is a, a longtime listener, uh, multiple time writer. He did not write that. I'm adding that. That's an editorial bit. Uh, Nate says, just finished episode two of Atla, uh, with you guys. I feel, (laughs) sorry, all these abbreviations in this email are killing me. (laughs) (laughs) I just finished episode two of Atla with you guys. I feel Sam Jack from season one can handle Aang in season one. If we remember pod favorite episode, Jack and the Gangsters, he fights an air, fire, earth elemental and handles them well. Let's see how this changes, because I really haven't watched past season one of, uh, Atla. Um, what do you think? What do you think about this argument? Uh, did, did we bring this up? I feel like we did bring this up A- after I, you know, actually after we had the brief conversation where we we wouldn't allow ourselves to get too far down the path of who would win in a fight, Ang versus Samurai Jack. I did have the thought of, oh wait, Samurai Jack did fight against yes. the actual personifications of elements yeah, in an it, episode. It was more the the fight between them that I thought we brought up, not this specific. Oh, sure, case. sure, 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 sure. Just to, just to clarify that, Nate, I'm not trying to steal your thunder on that one. No, um, you're doing a great job. <laughs> Both of you, you and Nate. Carry on. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I don't know. I, I think Jack is pretty smart. Aang's kind of uh, is a child and kind of thick-headed sometimes. So I think just like a war of attrition, Samurai Jack could pull it out if given enough time. Um, but if Aang can do all the scary <laughs> uh, airbender stuff that I think should be possible, <laughs> I'm not really sure. But yes, he did fight those. So he has fought a, a living tornado. And I guess that's my only problem with this is is that when Jack fought against those elementals, they were, like, made of the elements themselves. Mm -hmm. They were not, like, a human controlling the elements. And if we remember correctly, which I try not to think about Jack and the gangsters too much for reasons that I just cannot get into. We're we're moving on. We can't talk about this anymore. (laughs) Um, I'm pretty sure he kind of, like, turned their own elemental natures against them and like I think twisted right. them yeah. twisted them like up into each other mm-hmm. and like turned them into like messes of jumbled up bits together mm-hmm. um but the problem is is ang is not that ang is a flesh boy mm-hmm. um, and this specifically says season 1 ang so sure. i don't know if he does learn water bending by the, well i'm sure he does by the end of season 1 but at the current time he can only air bend Sure. So it's not like Jack has to go against the full power of a, an avatar who's realized all of his abilities. No, it's no. It's just a pretty strong airbender. And so at that point, he's only got the one skill. Mm-hmm. He's got the latent skills inside of him, but doesn't know how to use them. He could trigger the avatar state. This is true. That's always an option. Given it's always enough, on the table. Like, I don't know that he can control it at this point, but given enough like mental stress, it seems to be the, the trigger for it. If he's in a dire situation and Jack's really got him on the ropes, then yeah, Avatar State, and then just seemingly all the power in the world is yeah, at and his then disposal. and then he probably could use any of the four because we've seen him do water and like stronger air mm-hmm. in the Avatar State. I don't know. 
it's kind of tough. What's the setting? Where are we? <laughs> Where's this fight taking place? Ah, uh, man, I didn't think that we would be getting into this in such Well, we're depth. now we're doing it. We're in it. I know. Now we're deeply in it because of Nate. Thank you very much, <laughs> Nate, for the message. <laughs> Thank you, Nate. Uh, I don't know, like a neutral playing field, perhaps. I mean, okay. if there, if, if Aang has all of the bending styles at his disposal, should he trigger the avatar state, he's got to be in like a, there's, it's, we got to have like an arena that's got, it's like a dirt floor. And then it's also got maybe like a fountain or like a volcanic island, like a flat space on a volcanic island. That would also be fine. All right. Well, if okay, so it doesn't that doesn't matter. Whatever. He he would have access to everything. Uh I would say I think Jack would probably still take him. Interesting. Just cuz I think Jack is is very clever. I don't think he He's, would like hmm. rush him and try to fight him head on. Well, he probably would at first, but then like the second Ang blows him away with like just a single air gust, Jack would start working on other plans. He's very resourceful. Jack mm-hmm. is. Yeah, the moment someone does something unexpected he does allow himself a minute to think about Mm -hmm. like okay well i can counteract that if i try to do this whereas i feel like ang would not really put his mind to that too much he would just kind of think like like i'm the avatar i'm going to keep doing this and it's going to work Mm -hmm. eventually um so yeah um i guess in that respect then jack would be like the better tactician but does that make him does that give him the advantage in like pure raw skill is the problem because when it comes to pure raw skill but i guess they have a different set of skills they're mm-hmm. both their own liam neeson's in a certain respect yeah. i think he's very talented with airbending like we've seen him do a lot of crazy stuff um sure that's very impressive but i don't know i think he would i think he would get too caught up in thinking he can, like the thinking he's tough uh, and he would rely too heavily on maybe some of the same tricks. Like we see him do a lot of the same things a lot of the time. This is so true. I think, I think given, given time to think, given uh, an equal like field, I think Jack would be able to work something out. Whether the fight lasted long enough is also up in the air. Like if, if Ang can get rid of him quickly, then it's over. But, Given time, I think Jack would come out ahead. This is a question that I think is going to haunt us for the remainder of this podcast that we're doing here. So who's going to win in this very specific fight? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the way that Nate has phrased it here, you know, season one Samurai Jack versus season one Aang. Um, I think I'm... Uh, you know what? I wasn't considering Jack season one. I was only considering Jack, like, as a whole. But I feel like Jack has pretty much amassed the sum of his powers in mm-hmm. season one, because pretty much everything that Jack knows how to do is from his training montage. Yeah. The only where thing he, he can do is learned how to do good. everything. He also doesn't know how to jump good. You're right about this. I would say that's like the one thing that he doesn't know how to do. So he's just a regular jumper at this point. And honestly, that does take away does change from change things a bit. Yeah, because Ang can fly. Ang Ang can jump good. Ang jumps fucking pissa. <laughs> so, uh, mm, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if we're ready to answer this question. We will come back uh, to it. Right now, I'm leaning towards uh, Jack if the fight goes on long enough. Uh, Ang if it's if it's like a quick, he blows Jack off like a cliff or something. 
I think I'm willing to revisit this topic when we're done with this show, and then we can say the entirety of Jack's knowledge through all five seasons versus the entirety of Aang's knowledge through all three seasons. Mm-hmm. Like, let's see what Aang is fully... We we need to just give it time to play out and, and see what, what Aang can do, yep. and then... Pit the two of them against. Although at that point, I'm afraid Aang's going to be too powerful because he'll be like a fully realized Avatar. Mm-hmm. I mean, sp- sp- spoilers. You can guess that he probably figures yeah. out how to do some shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't. You, that's not to discount the things that Jack has learned along the way, even in season five, where he kind of learns like the the lessons, like the mental toughness that he needs to be mm-hmm. able to defeat people. I'm willing to bet I <clears throat> that Aang probably like. Even though he does gain like mastery overall for bending styles, I'm willing to bet he's got like a bag of tricks that he refers to. Sure. Um, obviously, I don't know, but I see he does the the air ball thing kind of frequently. He does like a big gust that he blows like from his mouth pretty frequently, uh, and he does like an air jump pretty frequently. Um, so I I would imagine that like every style he's got like a few tricks that he usually goes for. Uh, and so, not to say that we will limit ourselves to those, but we can assume that he will mostly use those. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I I think we got to put a pause on this conversation. Yes. Um, we'll come back to it when we know more. Uh, but that was an email from Nate. Thank you again, Nate, for reaching out. We always love to hear uh, from all of our listeners. Um and Nate has been joining us uh, on the streams once in a while, which is very great to see you there. Uh, anyone else who would like to join in that, I do that over on twitch.com slash Bob the Virus. Uh, it was every night. Now it's going to slow down a bit now that I'm finished with my first series of games. If anyone has any questions or comments or anything about Avatar or anything else, feel free to email us at gotarecap at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us uh, at Gotta Recap on social media, Twitter, Instagram. We are on YouTube. You can just search Gotta Recap. Find us there. Um, uh, and I think that's everything. Don't uh, Make sure to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and uh, like it on Spotify. Tell your friends. Uh, we're here almost every week. Uh, we try to be. Um, yeah. There are lots of good places to find us on the internet. As Brendan mentioned, go out and and seek us and we shall be there for you. Mm -hmm. And go and watch Brendan on Twitch. He's doing a great job. Yeah, we're on to Fable now. How is that going so far? Are you chasing chickens? Uh, Yeah, I've been. I kicked every chicken I saw so far. Um, You son of a bitch. I farted in a bully's face. Hilarious. Uh, I entered Bowerstone and immediately stole something and got a bounty for more money than I had on me and had to mm-hmm. leave, which was great because that's where the quest was. So I couldn't progress the game for about 15 minutes. Uh, well, it sounds like you're going on quite the journey mm-hmm. in Fable and... Uh, no, we're not playing Fable the Journey. This is Fable 1, the last oh, chapter. That, hey, you know what? That's a good joke. You stepped over the the joke that I was about to make, but you right, take absolutely, it back, take it back. no, no, you absolutely did the right thing. And I'm extremely proud of you, my son. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, and, and we're going to continue with the fable of Avatar Aang in next week's episode, mm-hmm. episode five. We'll see you all then. Thank you so much for listening. 
goodbye. Bye.